A lot of times you want to give up, man. It's a tough business. It really is. And you're like, you're at your, you're at your, your, your end. You know, you're at the end of it. And you're like, man, what am I doing? Is this what I want to do? But really, it's what I want to do. This is the Real Food, Real People podcast. This week, we take you inside a small local butcher shop. Last week, we talked with a small beef farmer about the demand for local beef and how she, she'd she like to do even more than what she does. And she explained that one of the difficulties is finding a place to butcher the meat. Well, we go inside this butcher shop and talk with Boston Alvord. It's a family-run butcher shop, Alvord's Custom Meats in Sunnyside, Washington. And he shows us how it all works and how people are trying to get local meat uh, through shops like his, but how there are just limits to what's possible based on what's available right now in Washington State and how some of the rules in place keep it that way and make it difficult to get more local meat in our system currently. Again, his name is Boston Alvord in Sunnyside, Washington at Alvord's Custom Meats. I'm Dylan Honkoop, and this is the Real Food, Real People podcast, traveling all over Washington State to get to know the real people behind our food. Our sponsors are Mana Insurance Group. You can find them at manainsurancegroup.com where they help you plan to protect your financial future. Be proactive, not reactive when things go wrong. That's what they're all about. And uh, Dan Vanderkoy, their founder, uh, was a high school classmate of mine. I've known him for a long, long time. Uh, and I know a lot of folks on their team as well. Great folks, very trustworthy. And they mean it when they say they want to plan for what's best for you, not what's best for them or, or anyone else. Also, Dairy Farmers of Washington, wadairy.org is their website, sharing the real stories of Washington dairy and the incredible dairy products that are produced by family farms here in Washington State. It's really cool to see a lot of this. You know, we talk with dairy farmers here on the podcast, certainly, uh, but they have so many more resources available, again, at wadairy.org. Uh, including a virtual farm tour and lots of other stuff. So check that out. Again, the Dairy Farmers of Washington, we thank them for their sponsorship of the podcast as well. So this is where the magic happens. Yes. In here. Yes. This is where I see all those photos yeah. <laughs> on Instagram yeah. from yeah. where you're cutting meat. I try. What does a normal day look like for you? Cutting meat, getting meat. Getting meat ready for people to take home and eat. Busy. Yeah. A lot of work. There's a lot going on, yeah. Um, just a lot of meat cutting, you know what I mean? Getting yeah. orders out, too, you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, some beef are extremely huge. Yeah. Some, some are really small, you know. Yeah. Same with the hogs and game and stuff like that. So it varies. Some days are, can be pretty nice, but there's a yeah. lot of days where we have, like, you know, all 1,000-pound beef, you know. And it's a rough day. We get through it, but it's a rough day. <laughs> but does that let you do, like, different s stuff, like get more of different kinds of cuts out of an animal? Yeah, we try. I, I've learned a lot of different things over the years, and I try and give them a lot of the things that they don't know about, you know, uh, different for everybody, I guess, just different. A lot of people will take a whole 1,000-pound cow, though, and they put everything in the burger. I mean, they save their mm. steaks, but they put, you know, the best piece, their chuck, you know, they put that in the hamburger. They, some people even put their prime rib in there, their whole T-bone section. You know what I mean? Like, save it or, like, give it away <laughs> to someone. You know what I mean? You don't have to grind it all, but that's what they want. So. I remember talking about that on the podcast last season with Bobby Morrison about the same thing. He's like, oh, don't send that to grind. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. But maybe it comes down to cooking. 
That too, and, yeah. and people knowing how to cook those different cuts, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. Like, what are what are the good cuts that people don't know about? <laughs> Mainly out of the chuck. Everyone just burgers yeah. it, you know, just put it in the burger. But you can, you know, once you bone it out, make it boneless, you can get some some nice, few nice chuck eyes out of there, a couple of chuck eyes, and then you can pull your, your flat iron and then, you know, tie up the rest of it for roast and stuff like that. You can get boneless short ribs from there. Like in the stores, they label them boneless short rib, and it actually comes from the chuck, mm. and people think it's a rib. You know what I mean? Right. And um, and and like and Denver Denver steak, which is the same thing as a boneless short rib, I guess. Mm. What are those like? I, I can't say I've ever cooked one of those. They're good. They're great. It's my favorite piece. It's a nice chuck eye, even with a little bit of the Denver on there. You know what I mean? Is that something that you have to cook slower? Or I, I just don't even know the cut. Or can you throw it on the grill and yeah. sear it like a steak? Yeah. I mean, it's that's how I do it on the grill or on the pan. It's not something tricky like brisket or something. No, brisket takes forever. Yeah, you know. But if you know how to do it, I'm not I'm like the biggest cook or whatever. But yeah, we'll we'll throw some on the grill every once in a while with a brisket. I've never even messed yeah. with to be honest. Like I don't have a, a smoker or nothing like that. You know. Yeah. We could cook it, I'm sure, but it's a process. Has being involved in cutting meat changed the way you cook? Yeah, I would say, yeah, for sure. Yeah. We, I used to not, like, for the first couple of years working in the shop, I didn't even, I honestly, I don't think I even ate a steak until I started cutting meat, to be honest. <laughs> it was just, like, ground beef or, or roast, you know. I was yeah. always like, ew, steak, you know what I mean? Like, you know. And then I, we got some one day and tried it. I was like, man, why haven't I been eating these? These are, <laughs> these are really good, you know. Um, but, yeah, we do a lot of different stuff now, I would say, and especially with, with ground beef, it's so much different than in the store. You know what I mean? Like coming from a, a shop or, a, you yeah. know, an animal that you cut. Like, well, explain that. Like a lot of people, myself included, sometimes is just like, wow, ground beef's ground beef. But right. You're saying it's not all created equal. And I think a lot of it is, is because when you cut up a whole animal, there's a lot of more parts going in mm -hmm. to the grind, which gives it more of a, a better flavor, I would say. Like we yeah. had some from Safeway the other night and... I don't know if I'm allowed to say safe or not for like sponsor or something. <laughs> no, but, no, you're good. Uh, um, it's just, I don't like it at all. You know, I just don't, it's just weird and it's funky and they just use certain sections for it. You know, it's not right. like they're not getting a little bit of sirloin, a little bit of chuck, a little bit of brisket. You know, a lot of people put everything in there and they want it all ground beef because they love the ground beef. It's just, there's something different about it. It cooks completely different, you know, mm. like, I don't know. I really like it. You always see, like, also the percentage of fat in it. And right. a lot of people are into lean. Me, personally, my health journey and, like, nutrition and stuff, I'm realizing, no, like, fat's actually really good for right. me. Right, right. Um, it's not what they told us it was for so many years. Right. So I'm like, I don't want the fatty stuff. I like a good juicy burger. But yeah. how do you even do that? Like, I saw you filling tubes of ground beef the other day in right. here on Instagram. And, like, how do you know what percentage fat? fat it is like well, do you weigh that out or something ahead we of time? don't there's a machine you can get like in the stores they have a thing they just plug it and it'll tell you the percentage here we just go off of what do we got to grind you know if it looks like there's extra fat in there then we lean it out as good as possible a lot of people yeah. ask for lean but to be honest it comes out lean already like unless it's yeah. like we get some really really they're like they're all pretty fat you know the big ones but there's like different kind of fat i don't know what you would call it but like i mean it's like super soft melt that you can't it just runs through the hand the whole animal and you can't even get it out of there you know so some of so every once in a long while you get a really fatty one but even like a thousand pound cow 
that's, you know, super fatty. You take some of the ground beef, cook it up, whatever. Uh, like, in, people are draining it, like, at, you know, from the stuff from the stores. And here they're, they're like, man, it's, you know, it's really good. We don't have to drain it. We don't have to right. this. And a lot of people still ask for lean. I'm like, man, it's pretty lean. Like, it's a lot leaner than, you're gonna, than you think, you know? Yeah. But we just, we just put it on there and, and say, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we get it the lean as we can, you know what I mean? But Yeah. So how did you learn all this stuff? How did you get into this? Um, I, my mom, well, my mother was a meat cutter. She worked mm. in this, this shop right here. She started it like in the 90s with another guy here. Mm. And I sat in that little room the whole time. And, you know, so you've seen them. this your whole life? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And then they moved on from here, and she started working in the grocery store. So she worked as a meat cutter in the grocery store after that the rest of my life. Yeah. And then one day... I was doing something, and I got a call, and my cousin said, hey, you, we need help down here. You want to come, you know, try it out? And I was so like... So your family was still doing it, or they had a different meat shop? My, my, no, my cousin here, he had started here originally. I started, okay. like, two weeks after him, okay, something like that. Okay, I see, yeah. And they needed help at the time in the busy season. And I was like, yeah, I'll come check it out and try it out. And so I did a couple of the seasons here, and, and then it was a slow time, so you had to get laid off, you know? So I got laid off, and I went to another shop across town, jerry's valley meats and uh he he taught me a few things there i worked for him for like a year and then jim called me back and said hey you want to come back over here and so i came back here and then i went full time after that ever since and he's an old school guy so he did everything everything i know i learned from him i tried to put my own thing on it after i figured out what yeah. every part was you know yeah. and what you, different things you could do well because there's a lot of art to it yes right yeah you're an artist I, you're a meat artist. I, I try. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people do it a different way. This is a more, I would say, traditional old school way on some of the things. A lot of people tell me we, we do it this way or, or this way. And it goes for anybody at any shop, however you're set up. You know yeah. what I mean? Like some hang them in court or some hang them in halves. You know what I mean? So it's just all on the setup, really. But, yeah, I learned right here. And I just, there was a, this guy that, that brings in a lot of um, feedlot beef. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and he, he donates it all. Like, he'll take some stuff for himself, but we'll have, you know, 100 boxes for him, and they'll come, you know, loaded up in a truck. But that's where I learned uh, to do a lot of things because, he, you know, he cares or whatever, but, like, you, you could try different things that you never had tried before because he's got so much, you know, try right. this, try that. And so we did it, and then just seemed to come, I don't know, like second nature or however you say it. Just And I'm picky, too. You know, now that I know how to do it, I'm like, I try and – be on it with certain things, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's just how I was taught as well. So you're talking about doing different things. Like, give me some examples of, like, how do you do things differently? To me, it would be like, okay, here's, you know, a quarter of a cow. Right. You're just going to cut the pieces apart. But there's a lot more to it. What what kinds of different things, choices can you make? Cutting-wise? Yeah. Oh, there's... Man, I'm always learning still to this day. You can never learn enough in this place. I see other people do things on Instagram as well. I'm like, man, that really worked out nice, you know? Like, I'm, I'm going to try that here type of thing, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that's really helped. But just little things like the, the tip of the steak, you know, if it's not, you know, straight. I'm, like, super picky about trimming things. Like, mm-hmm. some guys just do it however. I just I want it to look every single one. So I'll take just yeah. an extra second to make it look perfect every time. And same with, like, if you're deboning, you know, for the ground beef, if there's any, like, the, the dry age that's on it, there's little black spots or whatever. And that's what I was taught my whole life, you know, get it out of there. And I've been at different places and see people 
their ways, you know, just just grind it, you know what I mean? I'm, if I catch it, I pull it out, you know, and clean it up, whatever black was on there, whatever, you know, ugly pieces on there, just to make it that, that little bit more, more better, I guess yeah. I would say. But. So this is like you're talking about, and I'm saying this is art that you do, really. Um, it's food right. that people are going to eat. And this, you're talking about like a more traditional approach. And this kind of shop, it's like your old school, small country yes. butcher shop. The way that, you know, and a lot of people have been wanting that. You yeah. know, they don't want to just go to a big box store and right. get whatever they're right. going to slap on the counter. Well, not even on the counter. Whatever is already shrink-wrapped and on the shelf. They want somebody who actually put some intention into it. Take what they, take what they can get. Yeah, no, I put every ounce of my energy into it. That's for sure, you know. There's even people that will come here and watch us cut their beef, you know, because really? they they, they're like, no, we didn't get all our meat back, or you, you took something, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's at every shop everywhere. You'll hear yeah. that from any meat cutter in a, in a butcher shop. And we're like, okay, well, just come watch. And then they see what all gets cut off, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. a ton of fat, there's a lot of bone loss, you know what I mean? And yeah. just that a little bit of dry age, too, you, you cut off. And especially if they do, like, their, their animal all boneless, like where you're losing, I know the bone's not meat, but you're losing, you, you took that bone out, you know, like right. it's a little bit of loss there. And then they come and watch and they're like, oh man. So basically you're not, you know, it is all there, you know? Yeah. But there's not a lot of people though that have these kinds of skills anymore. Right. It's right? hard. It's hard. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's hard to find a meat cutter. You know what I mean? Like really hard. So that's, I guess why I'm asking how you learned it and like, how could somebody else get into it? Because we're at a time when people are starting to see the value in the stuff that folks like yourself do. Right. Cutting meat. Yeah. It just goes back to my old boss. He just had that fire and, and I wanted, he gave me the opportunity to learn different things and jump around. That's why I can do, I mean, any, any machine here I can use, you know what I mean? Any type of cut you want, I can do it. Um, and some shops won't, you know, they don't offer it. Hmm. They don't want you to know about it. Cause a lot of us are like, Oh man, we don't want to bone the chuck or we don't want to, right you know, uh, do this boneless. And, you know, some people are bringing like tiny little, tiny little cows, you know, like the whole cow weighs like 300 pounds and they, it should still be alive in a field somewhere, honestly, but they want everything, you know what I mean? And they come back every year with the same little cow. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like raise a bigger one. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just all on their, uh, their taste, I guess. They've been used to it for so many years, yeah. I guess, but we see some some rough ones. Also, know? like American culture doesn't isn't used to all the parts of the animal either. Right. You look at some more traditional cultures. I think of like Hispanic culture, which it, you know that community is so big here. Yes, in this area, um, and they I love it because they use other parts of the animal yeah. that normally either get thrown to grind or tossed just, entirely. Just I would thrown think. away, yeah, the awful, yeah, stuff like that. So, what? How much? Does, how much difference does that make, you know, based on your, you know, who you're cutting it for? Like, if you have a, a Hispanic family that you're cutting meat for, they're probably going to want different stuff, right? Yeah, they usually like um, the thinner steaks mm. and usually like the thin sliced meat and, like, chopped up meat, like, for, like, uh, tacos, like picada and stuff like that. Yeah. I worked at a, a carniceria in Zilla for a while, mm. and I learned, I like, I knew it, like, every, you know, the, everything there is to know really you know what i mean but going there and seeing their style everything was completely different and all the yeah. different things that they used and 
I ended up learning a lot of Spanish while I was there, and I still use it now. And, nice. And I still keep in touch with them, too. They're super good people. Uh, I couldn't be more thankful for them. They're, they're awesome. But they do all the cool stuff, you know, from fish to, to tails to tongues to uh, chicharrones, you know. I, I like, mean, I like the cabeza. Yeah, cabeza, yeah. They, they have those, too. <laughs> yeah, I love that stuff. People get, some people get weird about that, though. Like, yeah. I think it's gross. I'm like, it's meat. Yeah, what? especially like the Does cheeks. Does it taste like good? The, the barbacoa, yeah. <laughs> it tastes good? I love it. If it I doesn't taste good, I don't like it. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, if you <laughs> like it, you like it. You know what I mean? You get a, a good home homegrown raised beef, and it's just there's nothing like it. Same with a pork or even wild game. You know what I mean? It's just like if you – a lot of people will add, like they'll take beef fat for their grind, for their, for their deer or elk, you know, stuff yeah. like that. And it really does flavor it up. But a lot of, and a lot of people we do actually get to, they want the suet they, to save the fat for, they like, the neighbor lady over here, she, she, she I think it's, I think it's her that does it, uh, save the fat and um, use it for like to make pie crust and. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's lots of stuff like, that you can. All kinds of it. stuff that I didn't even know, yeah. you know what I mean? Until I started working and I was like, man, this is the stuff we need to be, be saving. Exactly. And keeping and using because it, it really all has something for for everyone down to the bones for stock you know a lot of people save that too they even do like for the marrow ones they want the marrow ones so they can cook their little canoe and scoop it for some bread and eat it you know people love that stuff i've never tried it myself yet but one of these days i will i'm sure but you can't just go anywhere and get that and get that stuff you gotta have a specialty place like you guys right yeah to do it right they gotta buy the animal or have raised the animal them themselves type of thing and because we're not allowed to just give you, you know, just bo- anybody just bones. Like, if it's your animal, though, you can, you can take the bones all you want. You know what I mean? So why is that? What, what kind of rules do you guys have to follow? Um, I, I think it just goes with the government. They, like, if we were to just hand out someone bones and they went home and they cooked the bones and they're like, oh, I got super sick. You know what I mean? Right. And then it comes back on us. And then I don't know how it would work out in the end. I'm sure we would get in trouble somehow. Someone would make something yeah. of it, you know, but... So we're we're really picky on that too. So you guys are a custom exempt yes, shop. Yes. Which means what? Um the animal, like anything we cut is not for sale. Like we like in the slower time we'll make certain things, you know, that you can sell that we ordered in that's already been USDA inspected type of thing. You can turn mm-hmm. it into sausage or pepperoni or whatever. And we can sell that type of thing. But the exempt is if it's your animal, you can take it and I believe it, it has to be alive before, um, like, you, you sell it. Like, each package we make, it says not for sale right on it. You're not right. supposed to go just sell it to anybody, you know. So you sell it alive, whether it's quarter or half. This person puts their deposit down, and then we call them, get their cutting order, you know, cut it however they want it. So they basically bought a share of the animal. Right. And then it gets slaughtered, and they get what they get. Right. Versus coming in here and saying, I want three T-bones. Right. To bring home to make for dinner, you can't do that. Yeah, I know. And people come in here all the time asking for that and calling, and you know, do you, um, you know, do you take food stamps, stuff like that? Yeah. And I was like, I wish we did, honestly. You know, yeah. what I mean, I wish we could do something like that, but it just goes with these kind of old school shops. It's hard to really sell anything because, like, the guy across town, like, he had a a steakhouse and his butcher shop that he's had for like he's seventy five years old. He's had it since like the seventies. And while he was running the steakhouse, a guy went down there that had his beef in his shop and got a steak 
and was like, this is my, this is from my cow. Mm-hmm. It's like, how would you even know that? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that guy's the last person on earth that would take a, a piece of your meat. You know yeah. what I mean? He's got whatever he needs. You know what I mean? He doesn't need your cow. Yeah. And you know, so he went out of business on that because it just, it's coming back on him. And he used to sell, do a lot of retail in there too, but everyone thinks he took it from their cow and is selling it in his storefront. Oh, yeah. So it makes it, makes it super hard on, yeah. on places, you know? Well, and like you mentioned, USDA, that's the USDA or federally inspected stuff, that meat, that's the stuff that can be sold retail cut by cut. Right. What do those guys do different than what you guys do? I mean... They just watched it get killed or something, you know? Like, there's nothing specific, I guess. They're just there. It's like they seen it or something. I I don't know what their deal is with that. I don't see why we couldn't just cut something and sell it. You know what I mean? But... See, that's crazy to me because I, I think meat is meat. Right. You know, whether it's a state inspector or a federal inspector, who cares? We're producing food here. I guess, you know, I try not to get political on the podcast, but I think it's crazy that here we produce so much meat and could produce a lot more in our local communities. Right. But most people can't, you know, there's a lot of people that can't buy a quarter or a half of a beef. Yeah, yeah. It's just, but it's, they, they would love and they would spend extra money to come down here or wherever and buy local, you know, right. farm-raised beef by the cut because they right. can do that, but they're not allowed to. Right. I Over, think that's something like, we're eventually going to try and get into down yeah. the road. You know what I mean? Just to give... Because that's something I want to do in the long run. I want to be able to, like, have a shop and... Like, I'm, I'm cutting a cow, and the people are right there watching, and they're like, oh, I want, you know, they can see you breaking it down. They're like, oh, give me a chunk of this, you know, and it's right off the animal right there. Like, I would love to do something like that. I don't know how it would work, but I would love to do that just because it's, it's different. It's, a, it's way different. Well, like, it's real, and that's how things were done for yes. eons. Yes, and now it's so much different. And the whole yeah. older cow thing, like, we get some – that are in here that are pretty old. That's why it's because I'm like, it's your cow. You want to butcher your old cow, whatever. It's cool. You know, yeah. you can eat it, whatever. And, and people will, it says not for sale, but they turn around and sell it anyway. They're like, who cares? Some people do that. Yeah. Well, pre- that's on them though, uh, Yeah, right? it's on no. them after that. Like, I'm pretty sure they do, but we'll see some, you know, seven, eight years old. And it's, I mean, the bones are hard as a rock, all calloused up, but like some really nice meat in there. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, like beautiful, like prime, a lot of them, you know, wow. like it's unbelievable. I'm like, man. This is an old cow, but it sure is freaking nice. You mentioned prime. What is the difference between all the grades? You know, I'm not a real expert on that. You yeah, know what I mean? You, you guys being custom exempt don't have to worry about, like, putting a certain Right. And people will ask us, or, you know, what did, what did you think? You know what I mean? A lot of them, a lot of them are, to be honest, a lot of them I would say are prime or better. The big, the big hefty ones. We see some that are in here that look like. I mean, like Waigu, you know what I mean? Just marble to the max. And it's like, that's got to be prime. But then we see mm. these little tiny ones, you know, and you're like, that's pretty low on the scale. Really? <laughs> you, know, you know what really I mean? Lean. Yeah, it's super lean. They, they're like, make sure it's lean. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, well, it's lean before it came in. So a lot of it has to do with fat and marbling. It's yeah. not like prime is better per se, other than it has more fat in it. And it's probably going to be more juicy and right, all that. Right, right. There's another guy. He knows a lot of that stuff. Like, I have, I've never really got to sit down and take the time. And me seeing it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's great. That's definitely a choice B for a prime B for select. And there's a, a lot of different, more than just those three grades. I think there's yeah. a few more, four or five yeah. more. But throughout the days, you'll see it. And over the years, it's just 
be from your eye. You see it, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's definitely prime, or that's pretty high choice, you know, or the lean ones are definitely select. But we'll see some small ones, too, like 400, 500 pounds, and they are just beautiful. I'm like, holy cow, like, this is, <laughs> this is the kind of animal, I, you know, I would yeah. want to get instead of, like, this big old 1,000-pounder. You have yeah. to pay for all that weight, but you could get a 500-pounder for, yeah. you know, half the price, and it's just as nice. There's this, this dairy guy down the road that we do a lot for, and um, he says everything, absolutely everything, the bones, the fat. We just fill up a bunch of boxes for him, and he uses it to feed his, uh, his dogs, he uses all that. And we'll cut it, and he'll show up. He's like, save me out a pack of steaks. You know, I'm gonna, I want to try it off that, you know, that certain one. You those, know? those dogs are lucky. Yeah, <laughs> they are. He has quite a few, too. They train them. We get a lot of people that, that uh, save them for their animals as well. They want, like, we get people that come, like, want it for, like, every day for the rest of their life, like, to take to, to feed their, their pack of wolves or whatever they got, yeah. you know. And then there's other people, like hunters, too, that use it to, to bait and stuff like that. I don't know how legal it is, but it's yours. You take it, you know what I mean? Like, it's your yeah. animal. You do whatever. You, I didn't hear what you just said type of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Down, down the road. You're doing your job. Yeah. You're following your rules. Yeah. That's on them. You do what you got to do. Yeah. So what is the process? I hear about, you know, some shops like you guys have like mobile slaughter units that right. will actually go to the farm. Do you guys do that yeah, too? Yeah, we have our own kill truck and our own kill guy. And um, this time of year, sometimes he'll go out and help another guy who is our main main butcher. They've been here, coming here for probably over 20 years, I would assume. But he's like the best the best butcher or, you know, slaughterman around, I would say. Like, there, you won't see another a nicer animal from anyone else. It doesn't matter if it's a tiny, crappiest, oldest thing you've ever seen or the nicest one. He makes it, the split is perfect every, every single time. They're clean, they're washed, and then you get, you know, some people that just bring it in. It's like, what would you do? Roll it around in the ground before you brought it? You know what I mean? It's custom, so that's what it is. We cut it all off, whatever's, you know, bad, right. but... Uh, our, our, they have their own truck, and he goes out on the weekends and and uh, helps you know fill it up. We already we're already full, but they like to overfill it, you know, just to be safe type of thing. So then the carcass is brought in and put in your cooler, yeah, and the, then in the drip room. So how how do, what happens from there? Because you guys have to age it. What's what's the step by step process there? We let them hang. We separate them. When they're hot, you know, you don't want to push them up too close type of deal because make it spoil kind of thing. If it's mm. sitting in a cooler, pushed together while it's hot, you know what I mean? You, you want let it, the cool air get around Yeah, it. yeah. We let it cool overnight type of deal, and then, then you can shove them up after that. They can be close together, whatever. And it just depends on, like, this time of year where it's, it's 14 days, and a lot of people, you know, they try 21, they want 28, we want... 35 we did one one time that was like 56 days really and i was like man this thing is gonna fall off the hook i mean so it just gets more and more tender the longer you age it that's what they say i've never really ate dry aged and it doesn't look the most appealing but like once you cut off all that that stuff you know after it's been hanging that long like it looks really nice under there i'm like man maybe there there is something to do to this and like regular customers that we've cut for years like they they're they're that's their standard is 21 or 28 and we'll do that for them but there's a lot of people nowadays that seen something on the internet and we're, we can't hang everybody's animal for, 
you know, we've got to keep the flow going. We yeah. can't shove it off in the corner. And there's and not like, room to have we'll some see, sit there for over 28 days. Yeah, we'll yeah. see you in a couple of weeks type of deal. You know, no, we can't do that right now. But yeah. a couple here and there, you know, in the slower time, too, we'll hang them, you know, as long as you want. But So you say dry-aged, but are there different aging processes that can be used other than dry-aged? I'm sure there's like a wet age, and I think that's what, what we do right now. We cut it. Like, it's in there drying and cooling off, so it's not... Like dry age, it has to be in a super, uh, certain temperature, okay. humidity type of thing. Okay. Here it's yeah, in yeah. here dry aging, you know what I mean? But to me, when I'm saying dry age, I just mean like the dark stuff that's on it that we cut off in the end type of deal. Yeah. But um, the wet age, I believe, is, is, is what we do. We just pull it out, we cut it, and we package it. Uh, it's not, I think the name makes it sound funky, like wet age. It right. makes it seem like it's wet going right. in there, but... Um, it's really nice. We use this little Sealotron thing, and if yeah. it didn't look nice going in there, it absolutely looks really nice once it went through the machine. <laughs> like, it sucks it up really nice. It's all nice and clear, you know? So you have, like, half a cow <coughs> hanging, like it's in two pieces, basically? Yeah, all and in quarters. Quarters or yeah, half? quarters. Okay. And so then you'll bring the quarter in here right. from the cooler after it's had its 14 or 21 or whatever you're right. doing as far as the aging, and then what do you do? Start breaking it down. Break it down. Um, you know, check the cutting order. See exactly what they want. Row size. You know, how much um, or how thick they want their steaks. You know, how many in a package. Whether they, you know, how much ground beef in a package. You know, if they want stew meat or, you know, save the brisket, save the shanks. You know, not very many people ask for the the flat irons and stuff like that. But if it says, you know, we pull it, and then, like, lately it's been, like, a tomahawk craze. Like, everyone, it's yeah. just a ribeye steak, you know, just with the long bone. And they're cool. You know, it's really cool. I like to take pictures of them and stuff, yeah. too. But it's, like, it's, it's been a lot. It's still just a ribeye steak, yeah. whether there's extra bone or <laughs> right. not. Right, yeah. or the cowboy one with the little bone on there. It's all the same. It's, and you have to go in between each bone, so it's a little bit thicker than – I couldn't just grab a tomahawk and be like, oh, cut me a one-inch tomahawk. You know, right. they're going to be, like, two inches – Two and a half inches, you know, because you're going in between. But lately, there's been a lot of that. It used to not be anything. Like, we would we would love it, like, just burger this and burger that, you know, and save it. Now everybody's like, save everything, you know, and cut it thin. Mm. Everything, you know, a lot of people anyway. And some people, yeah. like I said earlier, they'd burger the whole thing. We're like, man, and we'll even call them. Like, hey, are you, I know you said when we talked last <laughs> But are you sure you want this to go on the hamburger? And they're like, yeah, burger it. Okay, you got it, man. We'll, we'll do that. There's a lady that comes every year with the half of beef. Same lady every year puts it in the um, hamburger. Mm. The whole thing. Nice beef. There's another person we cut for it, and the lady gets two beef, and she has us turn uh, one of the whole, the whole cows, like nice beef, into uh, ground beef for her dogs. And she cooks it, you know, and... And really well, spoils gourmet yeah, eating dogs. Spoiled dogs, I would say. Yeah. I mean, to get a cow for your dog every year, it's like, whoa. It's probably better meat than I eat. Yeah, yeah, dog. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, man. I can't believe that. Those dogs are eating good for sure. And like the liver, you know, she wants that all grinded up and, and with the heart and the tongues and, you know, grind it all, save it for yeah. her. And the liver, when you grind it, it's not like you would think, like regular grind. It's just mush. Yeah. So we'll grind it through with the heart and then freeze it and then cut them frozen. And then, like, you could just, like, take your little puck and, like, set it in the dog bowl or whatever you do, and it'll, it'll melt yeah, after that. Like a, a lot of people <laughs> don't like some of those organs and stuff. Right. But 
there's more and more focus, I think, too, on the nutrition with those. Yeah. Like, I read different things. People who are really hardcore. There's a ton of nutrients, like, in yeah. liver and, and stuff. It, I really should get into it more and learn what I'm actually doing. Because right. it's, it's actually pretty incredible, even though, you know, 50 years ago, people decided they didn't like liver and onions. Right. And so, a lot of people, you know, most people don't have that anymore. I think that's what gave it the stigma, too, is like, oh, liver and onion, you know, you see it. And so, me growing up the same way, I was like, oh, and then when like, I get a liver and cut it up, I'm like, oh, man, this is horrible. Like, but a lot of people will save them, you know, yep. and take them. And I see it a lot on the internet nowadays. People are eating it. It's like, you know, calf liver and like... <laughs> Just eat what's there. You know what I mean? You don't have to get that stuff, but they love it. What, and that's fine. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That's totally fine. So how many cows do you process, do you butcher in a day here? Cut and wrap it. We all do it right here in this room together. So if, like, it's usually four guys and, and uh, my cousin's wife, and she'll, she'll wrap it. Um, if we're all here, depending on the size, we can get six to eight, you know? Yeah. We, lately, we've been getting a lot of eights. Uh, it just depends on, like, like um, in October, we were doing a lot of eights. Mm-hmm. Right now, six, seven, we've been getting. Just depend on what's coming in. Like, I think we have 32 beef to cut this week, and that's not counting um, hogs or uh, lambs or whatever their cousin and uncle brought in yeah. in their car. You know, can you do this for me? You yeah. know, there's a lot to it. And doing eight beef a day or six, you know, it's pretty – it's rough sometimes, depending. Like, it's a lot of work. It's not just – maybe some people think it's, it's an easy gig. You know what I mean? You got to really like it to do it. And that's why it's yeah. so hard to find uh, a meat cutter. You know what I mean? And then if you get someone who's never done it, you know, you got to train them a little bit and watch them. I've seen people cut themselves so many times, you know, and they cut themselves once, and they then come back the next day. You know what I mean? And that's why the guy across town, he's hiring year-round. <laughs> he can't keep no one because no one, wants, no one yeah. wants to even do this, to be honest. No one wants to. How dangerous is it? It could be really dangerous. You yeah. know, you got the saw going, you know, slicers. I've seen people – I've gotten close on the saw, you know what mm. I mean? Like, get your glove or something. So it's probably better not to – like, or to have, like, the metal mesh gloves, but we're not. We're not sissies around here, you know what I mean? <laughs> I learned the old school way, and he didn't, half the time he didn't even wear gloves, you know what I mean? Wow. So, but just even, when we're not even cutting meat, like, well, one of my buddies, like, last year was cleaning the slicer, and we didn't have it zeroed out to where it was closed all the way. Or maybe we did, actually, but the, the sharpener cover was off of it, and he's, like, looking back at me and talking and cleaning the, the slicer, and, like, dang near... Cut his finger off, but he was back with full stitches and and wow. uh, wrapped up and cutting meat the next day. You know what I mean? <laughs> I felt bad for him, and I've cut myself pretty bad over the years too. And yeah. you just got to learn your movements. And I still yeah. catch myself like well, cutting towards you or whatever. You know, yeah. you just got to be really careful because sometimes when you're cutting it, it'll either slip or it'll go through a lot easier than you thought it would. And you know, yeah. people do it all the time. Yeah. Well, it's something that I mean, there's no way around it. You have right. to use sharp objects knives to do what you do yes and you could have a machine do it but this is the whole point right it's the art it's the human touch of you yeah getting the right stuff versus something automated which is going to be i mean they can't really do that can right they? I don't no know i've seen some mach- machines do it but it's like a lot of them are frozen so they'll take a primal mm-hmm. and freeze it and cut it like a machine will have a, a rack of a certain things you know chuck or prime rib or t-bones and Away the machine goes, but it's not the same, you know what I mean? Especially since it's frozen, 
cutting it frozen, you know. And a lot of different shops do that, honestly. They'll freeze it and cut certain things. I'm, I ain't got time for that. I just got to gotta wing it. Well, this is how... This is how the local food movement is going, though, is people want that human touch. Right. They want your art in it. Right. And the art of the person growing it, cutting it, preparing it, cooking it. They're valuing that rather than having it all be a big machine. Right. They're cool with that, and that's what people are interested in. So I think more and more people don't want, you know, some robot to butcher their beef. But back to the local food movement. Yeah. That's where it's tough to, like, get more and more people getting that stuff because yes. there are only so many shops like this, right? right? Yeah, no, we need meat cutters. It's definitely a demand. Uh, I'm, I'm sure the machine thing will still grow over the years, but you could still never do what a person can do meat-wise, I don't think, you know, with the machine. Like, I've seen, like, they've got robots and stuff, like, breaking stuff and cutting them. I'm like, holy cow, like, that's really cool. I'd like to have one, but then I'm out of a job at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I just like to do it at the same time. Yeah, it's tough. Sometimes you get wore out. And a lot of times you get wore out, whether it's physically or mentally. But you just got to break through that barrier. And I'm pretty sure every meat cutter has been there and been through it. And last year was probably my toughest year. I was just going through some things, I guess. And Yeah, the, the, the local food movement kind of just took off. I mean, it was already growing, but it just went crazy with COVID, right? Yes, on yes, top of everything. Yes. Plus, you had a lot of your own stuff going on. Yeah, we, we were already full, but there were, when that COVID first hit in, what was it, like the end of 2019 or something, we, um, a lot of the packing houses, it was like Tyson or somewhere that had mm -hmm. a bunch of pigs. We had a truckload come here from South Dakota, traveled all the way over there to here, and we ended up with the, I'm sure a few other shops ended up with them too, but mm -hmm. um, I mean, a ton of them. A ton of them, and they're all, like, a decent pig is 200 pounds, and, like, that's decent to cut. But when they start getting, like, 350, 400, 450 pounds, like, that's a big pig, and they're long. You know, it's different than breaking down a beef. It really is, like, because we're old school here. Other people just, they, they have it where they're, you know, that other shop I worked at, they have it where the rail comes out, and the, you can drop the animal right onto the saw and do that. We do it right here, and then we carry it over to the saw type of deal. So it's old school, you know what I mean? I mean, by it's su yeah, it's all by hand. It's super old school. Hand saws, you know, the whole, the whole works. And I like doing it that way, though, to be honest. And if you did it other ways, then it, you wouldn't need, I guess, more people. You know what I mean? There's just a lot of different, a lot of different ways. Like I said, I'm still learning too. Like, I'm I'm pretty comfortable in what I know, but um, there's always something different. So you said when you started in this business. What, 10 years ago or whatever? Yeah, 2012. Just about 10 years. You know, when you first started, you worked a little bit and then got laid off because there was slow time. Right. But from what I've been hearing, since COVID, there has been no slow no time. No slow time at all. There's no no days off, you know. And if you, mm. you got to take a day off, it's kind of rough on everyone else. You know what I mean? We'll get our weekends. And every once in a while, you have to work, you know, a Saturday mm. or, or so. It happens everywhere. But So people uh, are just, they want local meat yes it really took off like more meat than you could even think of there's certain months like over the years where we would just get maybe 20 animals for the month you know what i mean in those slow time and we're getting more than 20 a week you know what i mean for this small small little shop like we got 32 or we have 32 to cut this week we got like 35 or something last week it's unreal how much they're they're packing in in there but so why know. why is that what are people saying they just want to get meat from a source they trust yes uh, yeah yeah exactly because they seen something on tv or they read it in the news or 
whatever it is. And they're calling. We get people that we have to turn away right now. They're like, what, mm. when can I get in? You know, it's like not till April, man. We're booked until April, like solid. And even then, they'll, there's a couple cancellations here and there, and they're good at calling them back and squeezing people. And they really like to, to do the squeezing. And I'm like, look, man, hey, we're really busy. We've got a lot going on. Do we really need to take that one? They're like, oh, let's take five more just to get them going, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> type of thing. But, uh, no, the people love it. They really want – so many animals. It's been – and big ones too. I mean, way more bigger ones than in the past. I mean, huge ones. I wasn't here, but they got a, like a 1,600-pounder. Wow. Uh, a while back, shortly before I came back, and uh, I seen pictures of it, and it was huge, man. The biggest one I did was like 14, you know what I mean? But a 16 is like huge, big ones. The people love it, though, and the whole COVID thing has really, I would say, given us more of an opportunity. It sucks because you're working harder. You're working longer days, you know what I mean? But that's mm-hmm. with any job, I guess you would say, you know what I mean? I mean, not every job, but because this one's super physical, but um, – a lot of meat and a lot of people. Where does your meat go? Does it all stay local pretty much or does it Some go? of it, but a lot of it, like, man, you would be surprised. Like that guy I was talking about, the feedlot guy that donates it. His sister is, uh, runs like a homeless shelter mm-hmm. in uh, like New York City or something like that. Wow. Somewhere super far. And they come and load up a ton of it here. And then they ship it to, or, you know, they drive it to, like, Idaho or something. And then they put it on a trailer there and drive it all the way over there. It's, like, unbelievable. And this same guy, every year, he takes a beef to his daughter to Michigan. Comes with dry ice, loads it up, and drives it for, like, three days or whatever it takes him. Takes it to Michigan. A lot. We do a lot for Seattle. I mean, the Seattle people are or on it and i'm like don't they have a butcher shop over there why 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 are you guys getting a cut here you know yeah. what i mean but it's because they seen an advertisement farmer selling something here you know here locally and they're like let's yeah. let's give that a try you know yeah. there is some really badass shops in seattle though like the beast and cleaver i don't know if you've seen them yeah they're unbelievable that kevin smith guy and his crew holy cow man they're the real dude that's the definition of what i would want he does a lot of fancy stuff too like cooking and all that stuff yeah. that I, I, I'm nowhere as close, but, like, they're, I would say they're even more old school in here, man. They're, they break it all on the table. But they don't have cows out in their backyard there either. True. Right? Very true. No. So that's the advantage you guys have is you're right in around the farms. Yeah, I mean, we, we watch these cows grow right across the street all year, and then we just cut them, like, two weeks ago. <laughs> it's the same thing every year. I mean, they're all around. They're yeah. everywhere. It doesn't get any more local than that. Yeah, no, it doesn't. That's and awesome. they live, you know, just right there. They, they take part of it, too. They sell, like, six and make enough to where they can get, get their, their half for free, basically, type yeah. of deal. Big old cows, too. Big, nice beef. And we watch them grow, yeah, every, every year. And then we will see them gone for the winter. And then in come spring, they got a few more out there again and raise them up to around this time and, and do it up, man. You show a lot of what you do on social media. I like Mo- to Mostly Instagram, right? Yeah. I have a TikTok, but... How did you get started doing that? The Instagram? Yeah. I made one one time, and, you know, I never really got on it. And then I started, like, taking pictures, and I would post them. And then, like, like people started, like, following me and liking it, you know what I mean? And then I was, like, I follow them back, and I see what they're all... You're a meat cutter, too. You're doing your thing, too. And I watch them, you know? I'm like, man, this is really cool. And the thing, the reason why I do it is because I, like, I want to I see... I want people to see, I should say is what I'm seeing. I want you to see, like, from every angle, you know what I mean? I want you to see exactly, like, there's certain videos I've done where, I mean, from pulling the fell to, you know, shooting the burger to, uh, I can't, you know, pulling, ripping that flat iron out of there, you know, just certain, I want them to, 
And a lot of people will comment and say, man, that's really cool. You know, it's cool. Well, a lot of people want to see where their food comes yeah, from. Yeah, that too. Yeah, right? yeah. Rather than just go to the store and you have no idea. Right. Well, now you're giving them a window into a, something that otherwise you couldn't have seen. Yeah. No, I get people call me, message me like, hey, man, can I get this? Can I get that? Like, how do I? I'm like, I'm sorry, man. You know, it's just custom. Like, one of these days we're going to get into that where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help out every one yeah. of you guys. You know what I mean? But at least they get to see when you go to a custom shop, how you know what you're getting type of deal. It's like in a store, you never know. You honestly don't. I'm not saying the stores are bad. Just I've seen certain things, you know, that the stores does, and it's not to them. It's code or whatever. But right to me, it's, it's not, not the way you would do it. Yeah, no, not at all, not at all. Because you said you're picky. Yeah, I am picky. <laughs> I learned that from the guy across town and the old guy here. Nowadays, they're not so picky here. I'm still, I'll like tell, hey, what's up with that black stuff right there? You know, cut it off type of deal. And they get all upset. I'm like, I'm not judging you. I'm just making you better and making it better for the next person. People kind of take offense by it or cutting it a certain way or whatever. I'm like, come on, man, get it together. Like, yeah, just because if I went to a shop, that's how I would want it. I don't, I'm not, I don't want to be like a, a butthead to people. I would, and like people will call here too. Like, oh, yeah, I used to have a shop where I used to cut meat. You know, I want this. And we're like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> Another one of these guys, huh? Really? <laughs> and they, they honestly don't even know what they're talking about. Their grandpa had a shop in the 40s. You right, know what I mean? I'm right. like, man, it's, it's came a long way since then, man. Yeah. It's, it's funny, though. Yeah, I, I used to be a meat cutter. Oh, awesome. <laughs> you want to still cut some? You know what I mean? Come on in. A lot of people would say, hey, put Clock some... in tomorrow morning. Yeah, we tell people all the time, put some gloves on. We'll put you to work, you know? It's funny. So you get a lot of good response yeah. on social media. Yeah. People love it. I know. You, I'm thankful you, for it, you too. You get tons of likes, and you have a lot of followers, and it's, it's pretty amazing. I try, and I, it's not for that. I just want... I just like to share it, you know what I mean? And yeah. I've gotten a lot of love, love over, you know, from it over the, I would say these last two years, but this last year especially, all, the, all those other butcher guys on there and, and the store cutters and just random people in general that I've made friends with and talked talk to, you know, people, people just message me all the time. It's really, it's crazy. And then you end up making friends with them, you know? And, but all those dudes on there are super cool. They've really helped me uh, this last year getting, you know, mentally right and, because a lot of times you want to give up, man. It's a tough business. It really is. And you're like, you're at your, you're at your, your, your end. You know, you're at the end of it. And you're like, man, what am I doing? Is this what I want to do? But really, it's what I want to do. You know what I so mean? So why is that? Why is it so hard? Just because it's so demanding? I would say so. It's like, man, can I, like let's, like, like, let's take a week off. You know what I mean? But it's not like that. You know, it's like the meat's in there. You can't just, like, take a week and be like, oh, yeah, we'll get to it when we get to it. No. You need to get to it, you know, type of deal. And it's, it's good because, like I said, it's not every day we're working, but um, it's, just, it's just a lot, especially how it was before. It was a lot of just, just me doing the main. And I like to spread it around for everyone, you know what I mean? If you can learn something cool, learn it. I'm not going to put it all on you, but I like everybody to, to get a little bit of variety, you know what I mean, instead of just putting the one the one thing, like it used, when I was doing it before, it was just me. I broke it all down, cut it all, scraped it all, uh, trimmed it all. And half the time I wrapped it myself too. When, mm. when they first started here, it was just the two of us. Wow. And so he did all the deboning and, and ran the burger. And I cut and wrapped every freaking animal. And it would just be the two of us. And we'd get like three and a half, you know what I mean, on a full day just from wow. two people. And that's pretty good for two people considering, yeah. you know what I mean? 
but it was hard and it was hard and then even when we had a whole crew here it was just me doing it at the time you know what i mean i just wanted like like switch me out you know just for a little bit i'll do what you're doing just for, you know for a half whatever and it just wasn't working that way and and then now it's 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 been pretty good uh, my cousin will break it right there and then I, I'll run what needs to be ran on the saw, you know, cut what needs to be cut on the table, all that stuff, just a little bit. So it takes a little bit of the pressure. When you're the only one doing it, there's so much pressure on you to feed everybody in here, everybody yeah. to keep everybody busy, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you don't want people just, you know, standing there watching you and you're not being rude. You just want to have some, something for everyone until it's time for, you know, lunch or whatever it is. But it was a lot. It was a lot on me. And it's still a lot for every person, I think. And depending, like, there's some big-ass shops, man, like big ones where it's pretty set. Um, this one's old school, and it's, it's been running pretty smooth now. I'm glad to be back, to be honest. What was the hardest time for you with all of that? Just the mental. I was going through something that I don't really, I don't really talk about it, but I was just going, going through something, and, you know, with, like, anxiety and I would probably say depression, stuff like that. And, you know, I... Mm talked to doctors and they tried me on all sorts of medications and stuff and you know I tried them but I it didn't work you know what I mean it didn't work there's just I had to learn to just I guess leave it here you know mm -hmm. instead of going home and worrying about the next giant one that I got to pull mm -hmm. out in the morning or yeah. stuff like that I had to learn I just it, it took me a little while to get to get over it and just learn now that I'm back I'm like you know what I don't even care like I care but not like like, I'm not thinking about it anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I used to just go home and, and dwell on it. And I got in a bad place myself, probably doing things that I shouldn't have been doing. You know what I mean? And yeah. just, I guess, just finding myself. And I, I, you know, we started having kids, and, and I didn't want to be, I didn't want them to see me that way. I didn't want to be a burden on anyone, put anyone in any kind of position. You know, I've been in, I've been in trouble. You know what I mean? Not, like, crazy, like, trouble or anything like that. Just... Right just trouble and and uh i did what i needed to do and got it all out of my out of my pat or i put it behind me you know what i mean yeah. and i'm good yeah. to go you know i'm on the straight and arrow and it's been going good it's been going good well I, it was rough though i mean people we're at a time where people are finally being able to talk about mental health stuff yes i don't know that's something that i've done it's something yes. that we've talked about with other and like in the farming community and i would imagine the butcher community and these are like blue collar salt of the earth kind of people and that culture is just like tough it out yeah and yeah so exactly and that's what i did and it doesn't work it doesn't work eventually it catches up with you, you have to take care of yourself and mental health is a thing and you can make it better or worse depending on what you do it's not just whatever right. but because these communities are you know just be a tough guy yeah i think in some ways they're the last to be willing to talk about it yes. do something about yes. it and so i think it's really cool to hear people like yourself and other you know farmers like i said i've talked to on the podcast about these kinds of things because it affects everybody yeah and it doesn't help anybody if nobody says anything about right it. i learned that like you know? seeing like you're saying seeing people talk about it now it makes it easier for you to to you know put it out there to yeah. say something and like don't be a, be scared to get help or talk yeah. to somebody type of deal and and the people, people have reached out to me, and it really, it really made me look at things different and, yeah. and just enjoy life and um, just get it together, be a better person in the end. And I'm getting there every, every day just trying to be a little bit better, you know. I know for me, like, when 
you know, times I've struggled at first, it was like, I felt like I was crazy, you know, because I yes. thought I was the only one. Yeah, and no, then, I know what you're you, talking about. Then you talk to somebody else and you're like, oh, you've gone through that too? Oh, yeah. And you start talking to more and more people and it's like, okay, you know, yeah. maybe I'm not a freak. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like there's a, a place here in town. It's a mental health place. And like, I'm not t- saying bad on anyone, but there's people there that are, they're legit crazy. Like mm-hmm. they, they don't know what's going on. Like, and I'm going through issues myself now. Like I get that before yeah. I didn't understand yeah. that. Now I'm like, you know, if I wouldn't have taken care of myself, I could have been there too. You could have been there. Yeah. And that's, that's how I looked at it with myself too. I had to get it together. I was like, I was losing it there for a bit. I, 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 like I said, I was doing things and I don't mean bad things, but like, I'm just harming myself. You know yeah. what I mean? Like in a bad way. And it yeah. wasn't, and I thought it was helping me in the long run. It wasn't, you know what I mean? Yep. And I, I talked, you know, I got, there's a doctor here in town. He's my guy. Shout out to Dr. Weaver, by the way. He's a good guy. Awesome. Uh, but he helped me through a lot of things um, and, and look at life different. He's the, probably the, he's super cool, man. I mean, just, he, he gets it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like with the whole anxiety, like, I don't, I don't even know what anxiety is, but I got it. Like you yeah. can't, you can't describe it. Exactly. Like no matter what you say, you can't describe it to someone and it comes in waves and it, it'll come and go. And sometimes it's good. And I still get it. You know what I mean? I'll still, every once in a while, I'll catch myself down a little bit. And I'm like, Hey, snap out of it. You know what I mean? Get yeah. it together guy. And, and I, it's easier to do that now before I was just like, you know, I didn't care at all. Like, and uh, it, it was getting bad for me. Yeah. I've had it described to me as like, it can be an overwhelming sense of doom. Yeah. And I have that where I have that sense. And sometimes it's for a reason, you know, because maybe something actually bad is happening. Right. But I'll notice it when it's like, wait a second, nothing bad is happening. It seems like the worst thing too, yeah. But I still feel like something bad is going to happen or something bad did. And I have to knock myself out of it and be like, realize (laughs) that's just your headline to you. Like like I was saying before, yeah, I went to the hospital because I thought, I thought I was having a heart attack or something, you know, mm-hmm. and I've went several times over the years and they're like, look, man, we've done every, every test we can do. And like, it says, it says you're good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you're just, they're like, it's just stress. And they said, well, you're this, you know, young with this many kids. And I'm like, to me, I don't look at it. Like, I don't feel like it's the kids. I don't feel like it's family. It's just something that happened out of nowhere. And I couldn't get rid of it, man. It's a, it's a struggle. It, it really is. It is. It's a struggle. And, like, I'll get times where I'm, like, going to pass out. You know what I mean? Like, it's just all of a sudden just just comes over your body. Like, you'll be perfectly fine, and all of a sudden it just hits you, and you're, like, the downest person ever. I'm, like, what happened? You know what I mean? But uh, I've it's been getting a, re- a lot better. It's a real thing. It is. Because I've been there, so I know. I used to be, like, oh, no, nah, this thing ain't, this isn't nothing. You guys are crazy. And then it, all of a sudden it happened, and I was, like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's very humbling. This is what everyone's warned me about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So how many kids do you have? We have four right now, and our fifth one will be here in January. The three girls and two boys. That's a busy life. Yeah, it is. You know, I got a shout-out to the wifey, too, for holding it down on that. <laughs> she's, she's pregnant right now, like, seven months and, and working, too, you know. And Excellent. my mom will take the kids or her, her mom yeah. while we're, you know. We've got to take them to school in the morning. You know, there's a lot going on, and then pick them up, and, and then take them to my mom's, and then go back and get them from my mom's, and I'm thankful to have my mom, to be honest, Yeah. because um, my sister, she moved, we just got back from te- Texas a few months ago, it was, my sister moved over there a few years ago, and it was pretty sad, she has five kids as well, mm-hmm. and I miss them, it's, it's tough, you know, yeah. that far away, but she was always here for me, and if I needed to take my kid, you know, she 
she was she was there and now it's it's my mom and she's been doing nothing but traveling mom <laughs> italy germany freaking everywhere all she's over she's saying she worked her butt off yeah. for how many years so yeah. now she gets to have some fun yeah that's what she said too <laughs> she she's like i raised you already man <laughs> yeah, well. yeah. And i'm thankful that she does do what she does yeah for us it's nice when well, you share a lot of kind of inspirational quotes and yeah. hashtags and yeah. stuff in your instagram yeah um that kind of give insight i mean otherwise it's just a picture or video of you cutting meat but it gives more of an insight into the like human stuff that's going on as you're yeah. doing that yeah i like to do that it's kind of it's kind of my thing i see a lot of other people doing it now too which is which is really cool like you know and some people have messaged me and said hey man you you inspired me like a lot of people a guy recently he's like you inspired me to get a cow and raise it and now the cow's hanging in here right now as we speak and we're going to probably cut it next week i'm assuming but it's cool to get to get stuff like that and like because what you share on instagram you share how you're proud of what you do yeah like it's important to you. It's not just another job. Yeah, no, it is. Like, like I'm picky. Like I'm, I want it perfect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But not in a in a mean way. I'm yeah. just like yeah. stickler, I guess. Yeah. Make it look nice because that's how I would want it. You know, yeah. basically. But I like sharing the stuff on there, just to see, you know, what kind of reaction or, and there's there's a lot of negative people on there too. Like yeah. I try and block all that out or. Like, there's some vegans on there that are pretty... And they were like that to a lot of different butchers I've seen, but they're like, mm. can't believe you would do that. You know, like, there was a, someone going around vandalizing the slaughter trucks, and, you know, some vegan group or whatever, and it's cool if you want to be a vegan or whatever. There's, right. nothing, there's nothing wrong exactly. with that, but I'm not over there like, I can't believe you're a vegan. Yeah, you aren't vandalizing their... Yeah, breaks. no, none of that stuff. Yeah. It's like, come on, you guys. This is how it's always been. It's like, we're not going to get away from it. Now they're doing... They're like growing meat, like Ugh. yeah, like lab meat. Yeah, the lab stuff. Like what? What's going on in this world? You know what I mean? No, it's making it, it's giving it a, a bad name, and then people are starting to think other things. Like oh, we shouldn't have been eating this. We should be eating this. You know, something that the government made, type of deal. You know, yeah. it's like no, no. Thank you for what you do here because yeah, no. you're a part of that food system. You aren't growing the You're not the farmer. A lot of people think we are the consumer. You're not the cook, but you're such an important piece of making local food, nutritious food, like we've been talking about, happen. Yeah. No, I enjoy it too. It's a big part of me. I don't think it'll ever go away. I think I'll probably do it for the rest of my life. I'm pretty sure. Thank you very much for having me right in here to where all the magic happens. All this meat gets processed. Well, thank you for, for being willing to do it. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. This is the Real Food, Real People podcast. These are the stories of the people who grow your food. 